Welcome to the 34 Circe Salon. We journey from the ancient world to the cosmos. Take the adventure, Take with, the adventure us. with 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 us. And welcome back, everyone, to the 34 Circe Salon. This is the Parallax Channel. I am Sean Marlon Newcomb, and today we are going to be continuing on towards the end with the Iliad. We're going to be doing Chapter 22. And as always, if you'd be so kind as to give us a nice rating or nice comment on whatever podcast platform you're using to listen to us, we'd really appreciate it. Get more people to hear the show and learn more about this classical world. And of course, how could we do anything in the classical world without the presence and help of our old pal, Dr. Gary Stickle. Welcome, Gary. Thank you. All right, so. Always great to do these uh, podcasts with you, Sean. I really appreciate it. Oh, they're great. They're, they're fun. We just did chapter 21. We had uh, the, the gods were in battle. So, uh, maybe give a quick recap of 21, and uh, let's jump right into Chapter 22. Well, 21 was um, <clears throat> about Achilles finally entering the uh, war, and uh, and you know, uh, you know, w- wanting to go after Hector, but in the process, killing a whole slew of the Trojans and stuff like that. And then he <clears throat> got into uh, a uh, confrontation uh fight if you will with with the river uh and uh, the river turned itself into a human form and fought with him and stuff like this and the river is upset because achilles and the, and the greeks killed so many of the trojans they, they were quote choking the river with corpses it was incredible imagery yeah. in that chapter and then uh <clears throat> um in order to stop uh, the river, which was uh, the Scamander, they had another name for it too. Um, um, you know, the uh, Hera, the queen of the gods, called on the fire god, so to speak, Hephaestus, mm-hmm. the one that made the armor for Achilles and and uh, palaces for the gods and stuff like that. So he was the uh, artist artisan god. But he's also the fire god, and he came and blasted the river with his fire, and to the point where the river, you know, cried for help and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was stopped. And then the gods get into it with each other, and they fight with each other, you know, Athena against Apollo, and so on. And Which so, is an incredible, incredible sequence. Just to <clears> see the Homer, gods Homer, go at it. Yeah, the Homer has the gods getting involved in the war. Um, and uh, again, so okay, so we so we leave it at that point. So the the gods are at it. Uh, the the Achilles is on the is on the move, and we're again we're coming to the end. This is chapter twenty two. There are only two more chapters after this. Yeah. So what happens? Let's jump into chapter twenty two. And anyhow, I, I think what we're doing is so uh, timely in a sense because. Uh, as I keep saying, Homer's Iliad is the greatest story of war ever written. And right now, there's a, a large war threatened in Europe between Russia, you know, attacking Ukraine, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, he's already sending some troops into eastern Ukraine as today. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's it's probably going to go into a full-on war in which thousands of people are going to die. And Homer talks about the tragedy of war, you know, in the Iliad in a very, uh, you know, a meaningful and moving way. Well, uh, <clears throat> so, heaven forbid, God forbid, let's hope there's a way to avoid the conflict that's coming up. And by time people hear this, uh, maybe there will have been, uh, maybe it will have been avoided. But again, yes, you're right. If we end up having a, or seeing a conflict between Russia and Ukraine, this discussion of the of the Iliad, it would be timely. Of course, one thing that happens, and we know throughout history, mankind, uh, at least in the patriarchal era, uh, is very much involved in constant conflict. And of course, on the European continent, with so many different groupings and tribes and nations and city-states and all that throughout history, uh, pushed up next to each other, a lot of conflicts ensued. So we're still seeing that. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so chapter 22. Chapter 22, um, and again, I keep going back to this 1883 translation by Andrew Lang, Walter Leaf, and Ernest Myers. <clears throat> which I like, um, and uh, even though it has period language in it, but um, good language. And uh, they always have synopsis at the beginning of each chapter, and this one is how Achilles fought with Hector and slew him and brought his body to the ships. And by the way, uh, it, it's a good translation because in the first part of the introduction, they translate, but Hector Hector, deadly fate bound to abide in his place in front of Ilios and the Scian gates. So they translate as Ilios, not Ilion. And mm-hmm. most uh, translators uh, translate that as Ilion. Well, Ilion is uh, the Roman version of uh, Ilios. And uh, the Iliad actually means, the reason it's Iliad and not Troyad is that it means the poem of Ilios. Right, right. So this is, so, and, and this translation you're talking about, the 1883? Yes, they, they got okay. it right. They, they got Ilios. So that, and is that the version you would recommend for most people to use with, if they were reading the Iliad, if they want to go and read this <clears throat> uh, in detail on their own? No, no. Um, I heard about a, a recent translation, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and I'm trying to think. Um, my friend Bonnie Flamer uh, just recently got it. I'm trying to think of the name of the recent translation, which she thinks is pretty good. Well, we'll come to We'll mention it in another episode and uh, <clears throat> yeah. and discuss but the, anyhow, the, the one I, so, okay. I keep reciting from is the translation um, by Robert Fagels. And when was that done? 1990. Okay. I think we mentioned the, the year and the translation in, in other episodes, but just to make sure people could yeah. uh, find it and access it. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's not perfect, but it's, you know, it's still, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's very readable. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, it, it begins... <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and Fagel's translation is the death of Hector. That's what he emphasizes. Now, Hector is the son of the king and queen of Troy, King, king Priam, Queen Hecuba. Um, he's, he's also the chief defender of Troy. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
So in Homer's world, when your hero falls, you lose the war. It doesn't matter how many thousands of men you might have. If your hero, and, and similarly, the Greeks can't win without Achilles. Mm-hmm. So when Achilles refuses to fight, the Trojans, uh, you know, or, or have the upper hand. It's kind of like we said before. It's like your star player. That's if your star player is injured or gone or not there, your chances of winning are much less. And that's that's the way Homer frames it. Yeah, if you don't have your LeBron James on your basketball team, you're you're not going to win. You know. Yeah. Okay. Um, and. Uh, same thing with football, you know, with, uh, and you know, the, the, the big football hero. Yeah. There's a, you could say Tom Brady, you could yeah. say, you know, Patrick Mahomes. There's a lot of new guys coming around now. Right. But yeah. Uh, so, okay. So it's, so, so we have Hector who we know again is, uh, the pride of Troy. Um, and we've got Achilles. And so we're going to have that showdown. It seems like. Yeah. So here's the intro, uh, according to Fagel's. So all through Troy, the men had fled like uh, panicked fawns, were wiping off their sweat, drinking away their thirst, leaning along the city's massive ramparts now, meaning the Trojans. While the Achaean or the Greek troops, sloping shields to shoulders, closed against the walls. But there stood Hector, shackled fast by his deadly fate, holding his ground, Exposed in front of Troy. See, he used the word Troy instead of Ilios. Troy is also used by Homer, but Ilios is his preferred name for Troy. So the 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 very name Troy is used by Homer. Yes, uh, and it's the same pronunciation, Troy or Ilios. So those are two different two different uh, names for the city. Yeah, two different. Were they names different for the city, but different languages or just no? They're, they're both Greek. Okay. All right. But Ilios is the preferred uh, name. Okay. Um, and I- interestingly, the Hittites re- referred to Troy as Wilios, with a W in front of the I. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, you know, Ilios is in the word, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there stood H- Hector, shackled fast by his deadly fate, holding his ground, exposed in front of Troy in the Scian gates. And now Apollo turned to taunt Achilles. And so on. Um, so it's, it's proceeding, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Apollo is trying to stop Achilles, and Achilles shouts at him, "You've blocked my way, you distant, deadly archer. You made me swerve away from the rampart there. Else, what a mighty Trojan army had gnawed the dust before they could ever struggle through their gates. Now you rob me of, of great glory." You see. Um, in Homer's world, the warriors won glory, and they have they attained glory by killing their adversaries and taking their armor. Mm-hmm. And so Achilles tells Apollo, "Oh, I'd pay you back if only I had the power at my command." No more words. He dashed towards the city like a champion stallion. And the old king Priam was first to see him coming, surging over the plain, blazing like a star, like Orion. But, uh, you know, brightest of all, but a fatal sign mm. of blaze in the heavens. Flinging both hands high, beating his head, groaning deep, meaning, meaning King Prime, he called, begging his dear son who stood before the gates. And he says, Oh, Hector, 
Don't stand there. Don't, dear child, waiting that man's attack. Alone, cut off from friends. You'll meet your doom at once, beaten down by Achilles. That man who robbed me of many sons, brave boys, cutting them down and selling them off as slaves. But come back inside the walls, my boy. Rescue the men of Troy and the Trojan women. Don't hand the great glory to Peleus' son, meaning Achilles. So he wants him to come inside. Says, "Rescue the men and the Trojan women. That they'll, you know, take you know, let a siege occur. I mean, what is what is? Uh, yeah, in other words, he wants him to come within the walls because he knows Achilles is a better uh, warrior and the greatest warrior in the world, and he'll kill his son. He doesn't want to see his son killed. Right. So he'd rather his son fight a different way. But of course, Hector is a warrior of honor. Yeah. And so, thereby, is not likely to go in. Yeah, go so, inside or run and hide. <clears throat> well, not hide, but but defend it from the uh, walls of Troy and not man to man. Yeah, no, exactly. But although I think Hector would probably think of it as as hiding from his, you know, his his rival. But yeah, so uh, Priam is understandably concerned about losing his son, his son losing his life. Okay. So uh, you know, Prime goes on. So the old man groaned, and seizing his gray hair, tore it out by its roots. But he could not shake the fixed resolve of Hector. And now his mother wailed, standing beside Priam, weeping freely, loosening her robes with one hand, holding out her bare breast with the other. That's kind of dramatic to me. Her words pouring forth like a flight of grief and tears, and she says, "Hector, my child, look." Have some respect for this. Pity your mother, too. If ever I gave you the the breast to soothe your troubles, remember it now, dear boy. Beat back that savage man from safe inside the walls. Don't go forth. If he kills you now, how can I ever mourn you or your deathbed? Dear child, I brought the dear child I brought to birth. Mm -hmm. And so, so they wept, the two of them, meaning King Priam and Queen Hecuba crying out to their dear son, both pleading time and again, but they could not shake the fixed resolve of Hector. No, he awaited Achilles. And so and, and, and so Hector responds to him. He says, um, I would die of shame to face the men of Troy and the, and the Trojan women trailing their long robes. Somewhat less of a man they, than I would say. Our Hector, staking all his own strength, he destroyed his army. So they will mutter, so now, better by far for me to stand up to Achilles, try to kill him, come home alive, or die at his hands in glory out before the walls. Exactly what I, I, you know, we were just talking about, that for Hector, that just wouldn't be an option, to go inside. Oh. He said, I, I could promise to give back Helen, you know, the, that caused it. And all her treasures with her, all those riches Paris once hauled home to Troy in the hollow ships. But they would cause all of our endless fighting and so on. So in other words, Hector's not going to do it. So Achilles closes in on him with his uh, ashen spear, as Homer says. And then Hector looked up, saw him coming, you know, looking like the death god, you know. And... uh, And Hector, and here's what I like about Homer. His characters are complex. They're not uh, one-note ponies like you saw in the Game of Thrones show. 
Hector, I would, I would give you a boo, a boo sound uh, mm-hmm. because, as as you know, I think Game of Thrones has very rich, complex characters. But okay, well, we so, di- we disagree on that. But anyhow, okay. Hector looked up and started to tremble, and then he fled in fear. So in other words, he flees from Achilles. You know, it's just like, uh, wow, you wouldn't think he would do that, but he does it. Mm-hmm. And it says Achilles went for him, fast and sure, like a wild mountain hawk. Hector fleeing along the walls of Troy. He passes the fig tree. He passes the clear running springs where whirling Scamander River rises up and so on. And so the two of them whirled, get this, another sacred number, three times around the city of Priam. While all the gods gazed down. And the father of men and gods, meaning Zeus, among them. And he, and he says, unbearable, the man I love hunted, hunted round his own city walls right before my eyes. My heart grieves for Hector. So in other words, Zeus liked Hector. Mm-hmm. And then he's trying to get the, his gods to decide what, uh, how to make this play out. Come, you immortals, think this through, decide. But immortal Athena, her gray eyes wide, protested strongly, Father, Lord of the lightning, King of the black cloud, what are you saying? A man, a mere mortal, his doom sealed long ago? You'd set him free from all the pains of death? Do as you please, but none of the deathless gods will ever praise you. That's a pretty uh, that's a pretty intense uh, statement to her father. I mean, essentially saying, you know, you'll, you'll lose all respect yeah. uh, if you change that. So it's, it's interesting, you know, you have a, you have kind of a, if you do the comparison, you have Father Priam, Telling his son to, you know, don't worry about losing face, just come in and, and, and battle. And the son says, no, I I will lose respect if I do that. And now you have a reversal in a sense. You have the daughter saying the father will lose respect if he does something. So it's an interesting parallel. You were seeing that these family dynamics, one among the immortals and one, one among, among mortal people, uh, the Trojans. So uh, Homer is really just a gifted uh a master storyteller. No, absolutely. And uh, <clears throat> so uh, Zeus, you know, gives in to her and replies, courage, Athena, third born of the gods. Again, number three, third born of the gods. Dear child, nothing I said was meant in earnest. Trust me. I mean, you all the goodwill in the world. Go do as you please. Do as your own imp- impulse bids you. Hold back no more. So he launched Athena, already poised for action, and downswept the, the goddess from Mount Olympus. So in other words, she's supporting, um, you know, Achilles. She's entering, helping, entering the fray to help. Right. And then there's an interesting scene here where Zeus wants to see how, how this is going to play out. Mm-hmm. And so then Father Zeus held out his sacred golden scales. In them, he placed two fates of death, one for Achilles, one for Hector. And gripping the beam mid-shaft, the father raised it high, and down went Hector's day of doom, dragging him down to the strong house of death. And God Apollo left him, and Athena rushed to Achilles. So Apollo leaves Hector, uh, his side, his help, yeah. Athena goes down to Achilles, so because Apollo now knows that is just the fate. He says nothing he can or should do. Okay. 
Uh, and if, but it's, it's, a, it's a, a beautiful and an incredible image of Zeus holding the scales. Of course, he already knows. We, we, we've said it a few times already, even just in the chapter, what his fate is. He already knew, but just I guess he had to let it be seen. So there he is. Okay, this is what's going to happen. We already knew, but let's just put a fine point on it. Yes. And then, um, so, um, you know, Athena goes to Achilles and she says, uh, we'll kill Hector, mad as he is for battle. So anyhow, um, uh, they have their confrontation, and then uh, and then Hector decides to stop running. And again, he stops in front of the skin gates. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's, it goes on here to say, <clears throat> tall Hector, helmet flashing, states, no more running from you and fear, Achilles, not as before. <clears throat> Three times I fled around the great city of Priam, I lack courage then to stand your onslaught. Now my spirit stirs me to meet you face to face. Now kill or be killed. Come, we'll swear to the gods, the highest witnesses, the gods who oversee our our binding pacts. I swear I will never mutilate you, merciless as you are. If Zeus allows me to last it out and tear your life away, but once I've stripped your glorious armor, Achilles, I will give your body back to your loyal comrades so so you'll swear. So you'll swear to do the same. In other words, he's asking for Achilles to respect him as well. Mm-hmm. With a swift, dark glance, the headstrong runner, meaning Achilles, answered, "Hector, stop! You unforgivable you! Don't talk to me of packs. There are no binding oaths between men and lions." And so he goes on to say, "No truce." till one or the other of us falls and gluts with blood, Ares who hacks at men behind his rawhide shield. And then he says, come, call up whatever courage you can muster, life or death. Now prove yourself a spearman, a daring man of war. No more escape for you. Athena will kill you with my spear in just a moment. Now you'll pay it a stroke for my comrade's grief, meaning Patroclus. He wants a revenge for Hector having killed uh, Patroclus previously. And with that, Achilles hurls his spear, but it missed. And, and Hector says, you missed, great godlike Achilles, and so on. But now it's time for you to dodge my brazen spear. So he throws the spear, and it, and it says, shaft poised, he hurled his spear. His long shadow flew and struck Achilles' shield dead center, but it didn't go through. And so uh, and Achilles responds, uh, that he's going to, you know, kill him, you know. Mm-hmm. And he says, um, and Hector knew the truth in his heart then and, and cried aloud, my time has come. Alas, the gods have called me down to death. And so uh, he draws his sword, uh, you know, swooping like a, a soaring eagle, he attacks Achilles. So he's, he's showing his bravery then. Mm-hmm. Hector swoops now, swinging his sword. And Achilles charged too, bursting with rage, barbaric. And so, and he's wearing a helmet. Interestingly, you know, the uh, uh, he had four horns on his helmet with golden plumes. 
And interestingly, the Vikings didn't have horns in their helmets, but the Bronze Age uh, Greeks did. Mm-hmm. And so he aims for, uh, you know, a, a vulnerable spot, uh, you know, the, near the neck bone, the open throat. And there as Hector charges, Achilles drove his spear and the point went stabbing clean through the tender neck. And then godlike, and then Hector could still gasp up some words, gasp out some words, some last reply, and then he crashed to in the dust. And godlike Achilles gloried over him. Hector, surely you thought when he stripped Patroclus's armor that you, you would be safe. Never a fear from me. Far from the fighting I was, you fool. Left behind there, down by the big ships. His great anger awaited, a great man by far. That man was I. I smashed your strength. And you, the dogs and birds, will maul you. Shame your corpse, while the Achaeans bury my dear friend in glory. Struggling for breath, Hector, his helmet flashing, said, I beg you, I beg you by your life, your parents, and so on. In other words, he, he wants them to return his body. But Achilles refuses, and he calls him a fawning dog. He said, Beg no more, you fawning dog. No man alive could keep the dog packs off of you. Uh, not if they hauled 10, 20 times, two sacred numbers, you know, 10 and a double 10 is 20, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so on. The Achilles and, uh, is just unrelenting and, and, and unforgiving. And then, and then it says, death, death cut Hector short, the end closed in around him. Flying free from his limbs, his soul went winging down to the house of death. Implacable Achilles. Yeah. Uh, my, he, you know, again, talking about the complexity of the characters, Achilles is not a likable. He is our, our, our protagonist, but it's, it's interesting just how flawed he is in so many ways. Yes. He's, he's an egomaniac. So, right. It's a very, it's again, the it's a very real story, and it's of course why Schliemann just could see that this there was there was truth and history to it. Um, okay, so Hector is dead, and that's that's the main part of the chapter, and that's it. Okay, well, it's a good place for us to stop for this one because now. Hector has died. We're going to have the last two chapters coming and up. You, and you know that the end of Troy is, is soon. Yes. Yeah, so we'll, So for the listener, this is chapter 22, 23, and 24 are the last two chapters. We'll be doing those shortly, and we'll be sharing those shortly. Uh, but this is a profound and an intense place for us to stop. So let me thank Dr. Gary Stickle, as always. <laughs> Great, great guide through this journey, uh, Gary. Great guide well, along this. Thank you. And uh, I am Sean Marlon Newcomb. This is the 34 Circe Salon, the Parallax Channel. We are doing Classical Studies 101. This has been the Iliad, Chapter 22. I want to thank you all for listening, and God bless.